This is the EWN Podcast Network. Calling all speakers. EWN Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help 1 million fulfilled women each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. If you're someone that feels like you have a lot to say, but either you're afraid to say it, or you just feel like you're not being heard, then meet Carrie MacArthur. Hi, I'm Carrie. If you have ever felt like you're invisible or that you want to be invisible, like you've lost touch with who you are, I just want you to know that I understand. I was there and I have spent the last six years of my life reconnecting to myself, my power, and my purpose. And now it is my passion to help you to dare to find your voice. So if you're ready, say I'm ready. I'm ready. So I am here in this podcast studio with my friend Brody Perry, my friend, my original counselor slash coach, <laughs> my voice teacher. I did not know, Brody, when I started lessons with you that you were going to be my therapist as well. But wow. I'm telling you, as a voice teacher, that's, it kind of comes with the territory just because there's actually memes on Facebook and stuff where people put... Uh, you know, this is what people think we're doing. And we're like, la, 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 picture like that. But really, there's like a, a chaise lounge. <laughs> the, the, the student's on the couch. Freud appears. Yes, yes. <laughs> Tell me about your relationship with your mother. You know? <laughs> Why do you think that is? Well, because we discuss very intimate things about ourselves. I mean, that's really one of the main things about being a performer. Because at, in essence, we're not performing. We're sharing. Hmm. So and I'm so, not just coming in there to sing a few notes and make them sound pretty and leave. You can. I mean, you, you can. can. Yeah, that's easy. Not in your. That's easy. I just studio. no. I I always huh. found that I can I can help assist in producing good singers. Um, good work balancing their voices, getting their voices to the best of what their DNA says they're capable of doing. Um, but nobody really cares if there isn't anything behind it. Nobody leaves a concert or a show going, wow, that was the most perfect technique I've ever heard. No, it's how they, how you made them feel. And so mm -hmm. I think that there needs to be more emphasis in, in that area, Indeed. especially if it's needed. If it's not needed, then yeah, I'll probably just plunk out some notes for you. So in order to get people to feel something, you have to feel yeah, we have to feel something. Yeah, we have to connect the feelings, mm -hmm. right? So I'm going to give you my interpretation of my journey with you. And I don't even remember. Has it been, what, eight years now or something? It's been a long time. It's been a long time. Mm -hmm. I'm a piece of work, so. <laughs> I'm 38. I, I turned 38, what, like four days ago? Wow. Something like that. And so, I could yeah. I could be a big sister. Wow. 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 <laughs> anyway, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I've aged Brody. <laughs> no, you kidding. have not. I'm Actually, you kind of reversed. You're like Benjamin Button. Yeah. Reversing an age. You, you seem you have this light 
I remember that first time I, I saw that you're like, I was like, what, did you do something different? I remember you asked me that too. And I'm like, no, I think I just actually decided to show up in my life. <laughs> yeah, it was something along those lines. Yeah. It, anyway. Pretty amazing. So yeah, about eight-ish years ago, I, I grew up singing in church mostly around my small town of 5,000 people. And I, I was good at it, I thought. And I mean, people asked me to sing again. So it was something that made me happy. And for whatever reason, and I don't, you know, I'm not going to lay down the whole timeline of my life to show where I shut myself up in my voice. However, I did. And by the time um, I met you, I had basically stopped singing. And I knew that I had disconnected from myself um, and I wanted it back. And I thought of all the things that I miss that I used to do, it was singing. And so I had met your wife, Carrie, at the time um, at an expo. Mm -hmm. And she was talking about how amazing of a voice teacher you were. And then I think it took me six months, maybe a year to finally dare call. And I didn't know anything about you other than that I had met her at the expo. Thank and goodness. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into that another time. No, yes. just kidding. <laughs> it's the After Midnight podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't do those ones. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, I'm just kidding. Um, anyway, so I finally dared call you. I show up and, you know, we do vocalises and whatever. And I realized that my voice wasn't what I remembered it was, first of all. I was afraid of, I was afraid of you. I was afraid of myself even more. But I loved it, so I kept coming, probably weekly. But it was a secret. Do you remember it was a secret for uh -huh. a long time? Mm -hmm. It wasn't that my husband would be mad that I spent the money. I had my little allowance to spend on whatever. Um, I just didn't want anybody to know mm -hmm. because it was scary for me, and I, I know now why. Anyway, I it took me a really long time. I mean, I would show up, I think, and be still afraid. I thought I practiced, and and it was still. I'd get there, and I'd be so afraid. And then, and then we got into the therapist part. Just mm -hmm. kidding. You, I remember it was my first recital, which I didn't invite anybody to come to, first of all, mm. I think. <laughs> and I was like, well, I guess if I'm going to do this, I want to do it. I want to represent you well on your stage. And so I let you in. And I sang the song. I thought it was fine. And you made me do it again. But you made me, you made me feel the story. And But by the time I left, I was crying. Mm -hmm. And that's anyway. And then I just slowly, slowly, slowly let myself emerge. And I don't even know if we need to talk about Miss Saigon, but that was a big, <laughs> a big thing. Um, and everybody, you're hearing the, you know, the story with just the surface of it, but oh, sure. you had invited me to be a part of a concert version mm -hmm. of Miss Saigon. Mm -hmm. So I thought, okay, I can do that. I can sing in a, in a chorus. No big deal. <laughs> Choir robes and everything, right? Was in your mind? All of it. Yeah, I don't know what was in my mind, but it was, I was definitely sitting in choir seats in my mind. Mm -hmm. And then, the rules changed and we had to perform this and yeah. I had to come apart. I quit. I left. Mm -hmm. I bawled. I left and, and you talked me into coming back. And I really think that's when it all connected. And I, I think I let myself tap into my voice at that point, or at least my vulnerability yeah. at that point. So that's the real quick well, that's surface the key version word that you of just my said. story, the vulnerability. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that really is it. I mean, for everybody, you know, going back, in your story from the very get-go. That vulnerability is one of the first things that I talk to my students about, is, is that th this is hard. This is really difficult to do, especially if it's not something you've ever done before. Mm -hmm. Because playing a trumpet or playing the piano or a guitar, you, you know, you make mistakes and it stings and it, we don't like it, but 
I'm telling you, with the voice, you make a mistake and it's personal. Mm-hmm. It's a very personal thing. And especially in this world of American Idol, you know, where everyone's a critic. I mean, people get absolutely just humiliated and and um, their psyche can be damaged really easily, sadly enough, mm-hmm. really easily when it comes to commenting on someone's voice. And so that you really kind of jumped right into the wolves when it came to the one thing you wanted to kind of bring back into your life because yeah. that one thing truly, in my opinion, is a skill set that requires a level of vulnerability that yeah. you just have to be courage enough to share. To jump in. Yes. And so I don't remember in the beginning, because you said that's one of the things you talk about from the get-go. Mm-hmm. I honestly don't remember. But I do know that in another situation I was in, people would say, you just need to be vulnerable. And it would be like, la, 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 la. Mm-hmm. And then I would say, I don't know what vulnerability means. I don't want to know what it means. So please stop talking to me about yeah. it. And then in that same situation, I was forced into a vulnerable vulnerable spot where I ended up just becoming a ball baby in the middle of everyone. Because I, I, we were doing a group painting. Everyone had nine seconds, 90 seconds at the canvas. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew what the other person had in mind. And I felt like I was good at art. So I'm like, oh, okay, I can go into this confidently. And I ended up ruining the painting in my mind. And I, I, silently bald (laughs) right and then no one was supposed to see but of course they did see and then they made me tell them why i was crying and i ended up melting into a snot puddle on the floor basically Mm -hmm. and that's when i was like oh that's what vulnerability is because afterwards the way i felt with everybody rallying around me and all of a sudden i had connections with people that i i kept out you know before so I didn't understand what it meant, that's my point, until I had to live it, which is what I've learned throughout my whole journey is I can know something in my head, but until I let myself do it and actually experience it, it doesn't mean anything. So it wasn't until, I think, first it was the the recital when I sang a song about a a nanny, I think, that Mm -hmm. wanted to have her own baby. Oh, I Want Mind, huh? Yes, I Want Mind by Audrey. Audrey McDonald performed it. Not She didn't write it, but yeah. Yeah, she performed it well. And, um, And that got me a little teary, but it was Miss Saigon when I had that same experience where I'm standing in the corner with tears and Mm -hmm. then I'm like, nobody can see these tears. So I left and I bawled for two days until you had me come back. And so that's vulnerability and that was the magic. So my question is, do you see that in other people? Like you mentioned vulnerability, but they don't know what you're talking about or do people go, oh, okay, yeah, and just be vulnerable right away? Well, sometimes the great thing about what I do is Every single person is an individual. I know that's redundant, but um, being that everybody is an individual, that really is a <laughs> tip of the iceberg sort of sort of statement because the depth that all human beings have, their experiences, their backgrounds, their, their um, assumptions, their their ideas, all, all, all those different things, their natural gifts, the gifts that they're trying to develop and their ideas and that they've picked up some of those things wrong, some of those things right, some of those things are incomplete. You know, it, it it's such an equation that can never be solved by something cookie cutter. Mm-hmm. Cookie cutter approaches really to anything that has to do with the human condition is asinine to me. 
it, it, it makes zero sense whatsoever to think that that's possible. Some people will get lucky, and it's usually just the ones that are naturally gifted in a certain area. But at every area of the arts in particular, there is a huge, huge aspect of that success or unsuccess that goes to what the natural abilities already are. What, what's the natural talent level? And so um, as we go through those different things, I get to hear what people think of themselves. I get to hear what they're willing to share. And that's why I like to do a lot of, well, I guess, probing at the very beginning to just see if they're going to talk. Mm-hmm. See if they're going to say something that I can use to help them get to that next level. So some people are very emotionally driven, and so they're going to spill the beans. And other people are very reserved and rather introverted, like someone I know, <laughs> and well, and at least at the time. Yeah. And, um, but they learn through time, and who knows how much time for each. You know, one day it'll be a light bulb, and for others it can take years. And that's okay. That's okay. It's it's that journey. So vulnerability really has everything to do with that. If I can't make someone feel comfortable enough to truly level the playing field, and I say that in quotations, because that's what I think vulnerability is. Um, I was just going to ask you what your definition of vulnerability was. So leveling the playing field, helping somebody feel comfortable yeah. in your presence. It, it, Keep going. Well, did n- nobody has ever said, you know, that music thing, it's crap. I don't like it. It's really dumb, right? No one's ever said that. Mm-hmm. Why? Well, because it's vibrations and we are made of vibrations. And so it's kind of like our home. And wow. so in one way or another, whether it's a certain type of music or what have you, we are connected to music specifically on a, on a very, very powerful level. It's the same thing with vul- vulnerability. Vulnerability acts the same way, in my opinion. And when you can see people that are so different in so many different ways, and yet the moment we make ourselves one person, that's all it takes. One person in the room of hundreds, even thousands, makes themselves truly, what's the word I'm looking for, genuinely vulnerable, Everybody becomes connected. Everybody sees each other as just human beings, as just people with faults and um, with imperfections and talents and, and gifts and emotions that are the same somehow. Mm. And that, that levels out the playing field. You can have a group of teenagers and you've got the bullies on this side and you've got all the victims on this side. The second any of them, whether it be a bully or a victim, becomes totally vulnerable, all of them start to feel that. That levels out the playing field now. Now there's no bullies, there's no victims, now there's just people. And there's a, a sense of a, a bonding, if you will, or a, but it's not on a, on a level, I think, that can really be explained well, let's just say. That's because it's, it's, yeah, experience. it's cosmic, it's spiritual, mm-hmm. it's emotional, it's, it's those yeah. things that are, we have a very difficult time in this life to 
make into a perfect science, if you will. Do you feel like you're drowning in administrivia? Do you have a podcast you would like transcribed to repurpose as a blog or even a best-selling book? Rhonda's virtual office is the answer to the freedom you crave so you can get busy doing what you love. Let Rhonda's virtual office give you the relief you need. Visit rondasvirtualoffice.com and get some peace of mind today. Rhonda's virtual office is the go-to transcription service for EWN podcast. Network. Yeah, I think that's probably part of the power of it is that you can't make it into a perfect science. Mm -hmm. You said before the cookie cutter approach is, I think you used the word asinine. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So cookie cutter approach. And my question in my mind when you said that was comparison, right? Comparing me to you and feeling like in order for me to matter, I have to be you or vice versa. Right. Right. I mean, so, you see a lot of methods out there that are named after the after the teacher. You mm-hmm. know, like if I called the Brody Perry Vocal Studio, if I called it Brody Perry Vocal Studio and I teach the Brody Perry method of singing, mm-hmm. well, that basically says I'm going to take all the things that have worked for me and teach that to everybody. Now, is that okay to some degree? Is there some success that might come of that? Well, po- very possibly. Um, it's usually, like I said, going to be the people that are more naturally gifted because I was naturally gifted. I didn't know it, especially at the time, but mm. I was naturally gifted and I didn't know that everybody else couldn't do the same thing that I could. I had, I had no idea that that was, that was the case. And so when it comes to um, the cookie cutter method, there's again too many subjective aspects there's too many characteristics that the formula can never be made it can never be made in this life that's that's not a it's infinite yeah the different uh, variables that go into um how we're going to get from point a to point b so approaching everybody exactly the same way is well asinine it doesn't, it doesn't, that really just doesn't make any sense when you really think about it. Um, and so what ends up happening is, um, well, we have very confused people mm-hmm. because I'm going to tell them, well, just sing the high C ready here, here, I'm going to do it for you. Ready? Go. And what's the matter? Why can't you do it? You know, mm-hmm. when somebody told me just support, just sing from the diaphragm, which is of course also ridiculous because <laughs> that's a physical impossibility, but you know what I mean? It's it's a lot in the language. It's a lot in the um, the approach where mostly speaking and result, you know, do this, do that type of thing. And like, they're supposed to know that. You're supposed to know how to do that already. If that was in fact the case, what would we need teachers for? <laughs> right. What would we need life for? Yeah, I'll just give you a piece of paper that says all the things. Do it from here. Do it from there. Feel it here. Feel it there. Feel it here. Feel it there. Do this thing and that thing. And you're done. Yeah. Wow. That's, you're profound. Do you know? Do you know how profound I'm profound? Yeah, you always. Do you see why I don't, there were lots of lessons where we didn't sing many notes Mm -hmm. because we had conversations like this, but that's, Mm -hmm. I think, where a lot of the power was. But that's a little bit of a sidebar. Um, So when you were talking about resonating and, you know, vibrating on the same level and connecting, um, the thought came to my mind, it's, so it's, it's oneness, but it's far from sameness. It's mm. by letting our differences be seen that we become more one, and that's what vulnerability is, mm-hmm. don't you think? Oh, absolutely. Mm. 
Absolutely. So how did you then know that you were gifted? I mean, you couldn't have just, you didn't, we don't come with a, you know, insert here. Oh, yep. I'm gifted at singing or yeah, I'm gifted at being vulnerable. I've decided that's a gift that I'm tapping into (laughs) Um, or whatever. So how did you, how did you discover that you could sing the high C like nobody else could? Well, I de- uh, no, I, believe me, there's a lot of people that could sing it much better. <laughs> I, I was but, being very hyperbolistic, but you know what I mean. But it's, there's a few different aspects there. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up as an athlete, mm-hmm. uh, youngest of five, and we were a baseball family. Mm-hmm. We were a tennis family, uh, volleyball family, basketball family, football family. And um, that was what we did. And singing. (laughs) No, that's how you get your butt kicked. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Where I lived, especially, you know, that uh, that was going to be something bad for you. And I so I had no desire, Mm -hmm. really. Um, Later in life, I joined uh, the choir because there's this really hot girl. Oh, my gosh. She was so beautiful. (laughs) And, and the answer by the look on your face. It was an easy A, and you know, I was like, "Why not?" Yeah. And so that was cool, and I was successful in it. I didn't really look too far into that, but uh, um, I moved to Utah, jump ahead, and I was like in twilight zone because, like, the whole football team was in the choir, and um, <laughs> it wasn't this this thing that you just couldn't do or. You're going to get beat up, basically, at least in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And so when I got there and people just did that, I it was really funny because I broke away from the A crowd. Um, I, they were just tools. I, I didn't I didn't mm-hmm. respect them. They didn't respect themselves. And um, I sort of became this nomad mm-hmm. because I was athletic. But then I got into the choir because the choir teacher there heard me just kind of messing around. Um, in the hallway when I was uh, during lunchtime, and he's like, "You need to be here at seven thirty tomorrow morning." I was like, "Yeah, no. Why would I do that?" And he's like, "You're going to be in trilogy." And I was a sophomore, and sophomore, you couldn't yeah. be in trilogy, yeah. And so it was a okay. So that's kind of where it began, I guess. And people said I was okay, but see, I knew that I wasn't as good as they said I was. I, I knew that because I, I did not have good pitch. Mm-hmm. I was out of pitch all the time. Uh, my ear was obviously not trained. And so that's usually the result. And But I know I was semi-gifted there. I just didn't want to admit it either because I knew people who were mm-hmm. and didn't like them. Mm-hmm. Or at least I didn't like how they behaved in front of other people it was that guy that kind of breaks out into song and expects everybody there to (laughs) want them to sing at the top of their lungs and everybody be quiet and listen to me yeah kind of guy you know breaks out his guitar at the party and you're just having a great time and then he breaks out his guitar and now everything has to stop yeah i didn't want to be that guy yeah and so (laughs) (laughs) so it was it was really about that time where i got that validation where I, there's something here, but I, you can't be presumptuous when you're a singer. If you have too much confidence, well, then you're arrogant. Mm. And if you have not enough, 
then you're not going to be performing mm -hmm. very well. <laughs> and anyway, it's so I just decided I was going to be in denial. I was just not going to say it kind of out loud, especially. I'm a singer. I couldn't do that. I always said to myself, um, why would I assume that people would pay money to come hear me sing? Mm. Or something that I'm in. Why, why would I assume that? That's rather presumptuous. And so um, I never admitted it and really kind of said, okay, I'm going to go into business. I'm going to do this and do that and all these other things. And I did. I did. Until finally someone just said to me once, why aren't you singing? So That's awesome. And now you are okay with knowing that people would pay money to come hear you sing. And it's not presumptuous. It's well, it, you own your voice, right? I, I did a lot of, I needed validation in different ways. Singers, we are, we are the biggest babies. Uh, I'm telling you, we are, we need so much stroking. It's ridiculous. Someone has to tell us that we're great all the time. It, it's really rather narcissistic, but, um, <laughs> but we, when I moved to LA, um, cause I had gone, I'd moved back from being in business for a number of years and, uh, from Colorado, I moved back and I, um, just wanted to sing. And so this is when it all happened. Actually, when someone asked me why I wasn't went over to the, to the university and asked the head of the department there if I could just sing in one of his recitals. And he said, sure, of course. So I put together some arias on my own and, um, went and practiced and um a guy walked in and goes what are you doing here and i said um it's jeff mclean do you know jeff mclean michael mclean's son oh i know michael mclean okay anyhow he what are you doing here you have no reason to be here i was like i don't know i'm just trying to survive and uh he's like yeah i need to make a call and so he calls my now full-time voice teacher jeffrey skousen mm. and he, then jeffrey got in touch with seth riggs and Seth said, move here now, and I will give you free lessons. And so mm. I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. It's not going to be comfortable at all. Uh, I had to find 250 bucks every time, money I did not have on a freaking voice lesson. I've never yeah. taken voice lessons before. Hmm. And so, but had to take that risk and see what, see what came of it. And I ended up getting hired out there. I got my validation as far as could I, could I do this? Is this really something that's possible? And that was a big turning point. So having someone believe in you was a, a big part of your... Yeah, yeah. It was... Um, it's funny, the things that we remember, isn't it? Mm -hmm. From childhood, maybe somebody said this and it stuck with you for some reason. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't even seem relevant at the time. But, um, yeah, it was... Um, it was a really good friend who who just randomly said, why aren't you singing? You're kind of a jerk for not singing. <laughs> You're keeping your gift away from everybody. And, <laughs> yeah. And I, um, I said, yeah. Well, it just, it's such a selfish way of life because everything has to evolve around you in certain ways. And I saw people that took advantage of that a lot. And I will not be a lazy you know, mooch. And so that was a big deal growing up. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so that was, 
for some reason that really hit me hard that night. And it wasn't even somebody of musical knowledge and is a learned singer or music person. It's just friends. Wow. So that's awesome. So, um, my, we're going to have to cut half of that because most of it was me mumbling. I don't know. It's good because I'm going to tell you why it's good (laughs) right here because so I, um, have since, I don't know if you know, but I have formed a program called finding your voice Mm -hmm. and you mentioned that once. Yeah. Okay. Because that's been the journey I've been on and voice, you know, has been literal, but it's also been very figurative, figurative. And to me, finding your voice means basically connecting to yourself, to the value of who you are, to your purpose and to your power. And so, um, voice is an acronym for value of who you are, openness, being open to new things, new ideas, um, intention to act. You have to act on your intentions or you will go nowhere, right? Mm-hmm. Clearing out all the garbage from your head and your mind and and replacing it with empowering thoughts. And then the E is expression, actually being that. Actually, why are you not singing? And then saying, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to sing. So that was your, and and it started, honestly, it sounds like with vulnerability because I wasn't going to be vulnerable. I'm going to be an athlete. I'm not going to be one of those, you Mm -hmm. know? And then, you know, the hot girl, I think that's a vulnerable thing too. Like, oh, my heart's going to lead the way here. So yeah. And then quitting the football team. Oh, see all the vulnerability there going on. And while you did it, you, you tapped into a value of this is part of who I am. Like you became in touch with the gift that you had. And then you were open to listen. You were open to try things. You were open to come at 7.30 and do Trilogy, right? Mm-hmm. You've been open to all of these things, open to your friends saying, why are you not singing? And then you set an intention. You know what? I'm going to go to LA and then I'm going to go coach with Seth, Seth Riggs. You were open. You set the intention. You acted on it. That helped clear out the crap and replace it. I mean, I'm sure all the crap's not gone. I don't think that'll ever happen in this life from all no. of us. I like to I like to keep some of it around. Yeah, yeah. You know, just in, for those rainy days, so I can wallow it's a little bit. It's fun to wallow, isn't it? Eeyore is is a hero <laughs> in a lot of ways. Noticing me. My coach will always say, "If you have to wallow, he's like, I get it. You have to wallow. You like it. Set a timer, wallow for ten minutes, and then get over it." So that's what I do, yeah. honestly. So yeah. Anyway, and then the last one is expression and being that, and that's who you are, and that's why I connected with you. I believe, at least in my life that there's no accidents. And I know that I found you for a reason because you were exactly what I needed at that time to help me tap into my self again, because I had disconnected. So that's basically what this whole show is all about. And you beautifully described it with your story. And it, it happens every time when I talk to someone on this kind of a level, those steps are in there somehow. They're not always in that order. A lot of times they start with openness and action, being forced out of your comfort zone and going, Mm. Whoa, that did something, you know? So anyway, you're amazing. And I, <laughs> you're so freaking sweet. You oh my gosh. I, every time you start talking, like get off. <laughs> <laughs> when you told me that, I was like, what? I, you're like, wow. Wow. That, great. Thanks. <laughs> I don't know. How do you respond to that? You know, when you impact someone and you, you truly don't, didn't know on what level that was until they tell you. Yeah. And you have, you've impacted me several times. And the very last time was, I mean, I haven't had a lesson for a while. We've just had schedule conflicts and whatever, but I did my last recital Mm -hmm. and I had decided to just let go of 
probably not all of the stuff, but to tap it, because the song I sang was powerful to me. It meant something. Mm -hmm. And so I just basically went up there and turned into a ball baby in a microphone. <laughs> and and you cried. And that, to me, was our last interaction, really. And um, it just it solidified the power of what you have done for me. And so I wanted to have you as a guest to honor you, but also to introduce people to just another version of vulnerability and why it's powerful. And yeah, you're, you're amazing. And I, I love that you have decided to express and be the person you're meant to be and to help the rest of us, you know, find the gift in ourselves. So you are wow. the expression of vulnerability, like to a T among other things. And you're hilarious too. If you guys didn't tap into the hilariousness, you need to hang out with Brody. <laughs> oh my gosh. It is, it is probably, I'm sure quite, quite an experience that I would not tell your children about. <laughs> yeah 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 no <laughs> thank you um, i i just have a i still have kind of a hard time taking compliments and things like that lisa nichols taught me you put your hand on your heart and you say i receive that i receive that there you go thank and you. then it'll sink in thank you you're welcome um two questions two more before your questions okay especially for you we've talked about this before mm -hmm. um you taking credit for the things that you have had the courage to do and the paths that you have put yourself on being at least even hearing about something <laughs> has been equally inspiring to watch you go from this this version of you invisible version to this to this version of you which is just so full of life and light and and it's just inspiring to be able to watch students i'm going to say now watching their journeys in different ways sometimes i'm privy to those things and sometimes i'm not but um often i can at least see a change mm -hmm. maybe not the whole journey that they've been on but being able to see those types of things when people like like yourself i always tell my students, I don't take credit for your successes. I don't take credit for your failures either, though. No. I can't. That's, no. that's up to you. Um, but there is one thing that is very, very, needs to be very, very clear as this journey begins is that I'm just a, one guide. That's my goal, is just to be one guide to put you on what. I'm, in my opinion, with my knowledge that I do have, because I certainly don't know everything, <laughs> um, might get you closer to what your goals are. That's it. I'm not the sale end all. I am not the, you know, I'm not Confucius. This mm -hmm. isn't, I am not the Bible. I am not, you know, whatever people will stick to. I, I'm not that. I'm just one guide. And hopefully some value will come from that. And so it's it's important to kind of I think distinguish between the two mm -hmm. ideas of you know you whatever I whatever he says is now scripture and there's like mm -hmm. this loyalty level that's that I see in certain yeah other yeah things and it's 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 frightening and it's it's not it's not um efficient it's not productive and mm -hmm. so you need to, to take the credit where where it is due because in the end you did those things 
when a director tells me something that I, I don't get or I don't understand why he wants me to do that, I, I'm going to say something about it. Because in the end, and the directors, good directors will tell you the same thing, you're the one that has to go on stage. Yeah. So if I'm telling you something that's not resonating for some reason, we need to find a solution. Because mm-hmm. in the end, I'm the one that's got to go out on stage and needs to be comfortable with what I'm doing. Or it's yeah. not going to be communicated. So that, that's, yeah, that's powerful. It's, it's the first, well, I don't think it's the first step, honestly, but the foundational step of finding the value of who you are and also your core values and, and staying mm-hmm. true to those no matter what, but being mm-hmm. open, you know, like you said, to maybe listen to somebody and then also being open to say, you know, I've heard you and I'm going to try it this way. And, you know, so I love, I love that. And the humility of having a gift, sharing a gift and touching other people with your gift and being that guide is where the power lies. As soon as we become the authority, I think the power kind of leaves. And so that, again, you just proved the the humility. Yeah, you have you, there's you and a few other people that have been so pivotal in my journey and every single one of you have just been there for me and have been that that place to bump into when I might have fallen off the cliff, you know, mm-hmm. or or the, the, I don't know what you call it, but the lift that helped me to fly at the same time. And so I, again, you know, I don't... It takes a village. It does take a village and that's the thing. And that's why I want to connect. That's why I do what I do. And part of it, what do I do? I'm not really sure. Other than I know I see people and I want people to see themselves. And so I'm going to cry. So I'm going to change the subject. <laughs> um, not really, kind of. The two questions are, how do people, because you do lessons or therapy, whatever you want to call it, um, not only face-to-face, like you do them over Skype or, you know, so you could, I know you have, don't you have students in like Germany or something? Yeah, I have a student in Beijing, Athens, a number of different European countries in South America and all over uh, the nation here. Amazing. The the interweb is a... is a pretty fantastic thing for them. It really is. It's making the world a smaller place. Connecting us all. That's right. A lot of ways. Yeah. So if somebody wanted to get a hold of you and tap into your guide, what would I say? Into your guidance. 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 That's the word. I knew Uh, it was there somewhere. (laughs) Tap into your guidance um, and and learn from you. How would they do that? How would they get a hold of you? Well, they can certainly go to my email. Send me an email. um, Brody, B-R-O-D-I-E. Uh, Brody IVA, the Institute for Vocal Advancement. Uh, mm-hmm. So B-R-O-D-I-E-I-V-A at gmail.com. Okay. Um, I mean, especially your colleagues and associates and friends and loved ones, um, all, by all means, I always tell my students, you're, you're basically paying for access to me. Mm. That's, that's what, this is a journey between you and I, you know. <laughs> so um, I have no problem giving my phone number as well. Um, and that's 435 435- Six one nine six five two six. Okay. More than welcome to give me a call. I can a call help. or a text or yeah, because mm-hmm. you're a busy guy. Um, awesome. And my last question, no, it's not my last, but for today, my final question okay. for this podcast is, um, like I said, I I love people, I see people, and I just see the value in connecting. And I think one thing that connects us is knowing that, um that we are connected at the heart and there's goodness in everybody. 
some of it, it might be harder to find in some people, but there is goodness in every single person. Hey, I resemble that remark. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I, I've decided I love to ask the question, you know, in your corner of the world, share some good news. Um, what do you see that's good in the world or what lights you up? However hmm. you want to, whatever way that question is asked touches you, then go ahead and answer it that way. Well, when you, whenever I see, and I'm not doing this, you know, fishing for a compliment or anything like that. It's whenever I see that light bulb, that change, that moment of change in a student, it is, it's magical. It's mm. something that um, you can't, you, you just, there are no words. I've told you this a million times. I hate English. <laughs> it's a terrible language. There are just no words for some of these feelings and emotions within our language. But just to know that I had any part of that journey it is such a special thing. And that lights me up. That's because I never was going to be a teacher. Mm. That was never an idea. I'm a performer. I'm, I'm a singer. That's what I do. Give me something to sing. And... um being a teacher was the biggest shock of my life. Mm. And so being able to watch that and have that reward is definitely tops in my life. Mm. Um, I mean, I'm not even going to talk about my daughter. Otherwise, <sighs> she's adorable. A vulnerability will come out that you haven't even seen yet. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'd say the one other thing that happened just recently, because I just opened a show. Um it's that energy, it's that that feel of the lights on your face right when you walk out and you know that every single person's eyes are looking at you, waiting to see what you're going to do, what you're going to share, what you're going to tell them next to get to that next part of the story or of the message that you're there to bring. And uh, that has never stopped. That has That's always amazing. been a, a huge thrill for me. Yeah. So what lights you up is letting your light shine and watching other people's lights turn on mm. and shine. Yeah. That's a much quicker way of saying that. But right. But it wouldn't have made anybody cry without articulate. your story. <laughs> I'm a summarizer. I've decided that. Um, anyway, thank you so much. And I, this has been a powerful interview for me personally. And so I know that people will be touched by listening. So thank you again. Thank you. That for was, coming I enjoyed it. Good to see you again. You too. Dare to find your voice. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating one million dollars in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. 
It's a seven-module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand, and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. This is the EWN Podcast Network.